Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, thank you so much for listening today. It is such an exciting episode. I have three phenomenal guests on the show for you, all musicians and people that I am sure you have heard of. They are Paul Cardall, Ken's Hall, and Charlie Jenkins. They're here to discuss the power of music to transform our lives and to reconnect us to our worth. They are also here to talk about the album and project that they have collaborated with many other artists called The Worth of Souls. It is a phenomenal project. I'm so passionate about sharing it. And I want to get more into that in details in just a bit, as well as with the interview. First, I want to welcome you. If you are brand new here, I'm so glad you are listening. Each Wednesday, I drop an episode. They can be interviews with people who are experts on certain topics or interviews with ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things with their lives because of how they work on progress. Or it can also be me sharing about different topics that I think we need to talk about and that all have that progress theme in mind. If you like what you hear today, make sure you subscribe so that you get episodes downloaded directly to your app each Wednesday that the episodes go live. Whether or not you're new here, share this podcast, especially this interview. It is so important, this mission, to save people from the brink of despair and when people are trapped in cycles of not knowing their own worth. So make sure you share this with someone in your life who struggles often with depression, anxiety, crippling panic, or sadness. Someone who you fear might not know their worth and think that this life isn't worth living for them anymore. 
We're going to talk in more detail about the Worth of Souls project that all these artists are here on the show to talk about, but you can find more on their website, which has a lot of resources as well. And you can find that at worthofsoulsproject.com. Again, that's worthofsoulsproject.com. Let me introduce you a little bit to these guests. They're going to introduce themselves as well. Paul Cardall is the executive producer alongside Trevor Price of this album, and they had many artists come together to create this with the theme in mind that I told you about, a mission to save people. Ken's Hall was on American Idol, and Charlie Jenkins also was on Nashville Star, and they're here to talk about why they took part in this project and this album, and what music means to them in their lives, and how they've seen it transform people. Before we turn to the interview, I just want to remind you that this, this interview took four different people from four different locations recording at the same time on four different kinds of equipment. So there might be some varying sound levels or different glitches, but just know that there were a lot more. <laughs> I edited it out and and you, you can still get to the heart of what this is all about. I hope you love this interview. Let's turn to our time together. Okay, let's get started. I am here with quite the crew today. We've got Paul Cardall, Ken's Hall, and Charlie Jenkins. Welcome all of you to the show. Nice to be with you. Hi. Thanks. Well, we are going to start by having you each introduce yourselves, if that's okay. I know most people will know who you are, but just in case there's that one person, let's start with Paul. Can you give us an introduction? Sure. I'm Paul Cardall. I'm a three-time number one billboard pianist, but I'm also a producer and founder of Stone Angel Music, which is a independent record label based in Salt Lake City. Wonderful. And we've had Paul on the show before. I'll link to the episode we did with him. It was fantastic. Um, Ken's, will you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, my name is Ken's Paul. Um, I'm 21, just from Utah, and I've been doing music for just a little little bit. Um, I'm probably best known for American Idol. I did that when I was about 16 and 17. Um, and then ever since then, I've just been an independent musician based out of Salt Lake, just doing my best. <laughs> That's great. And Charlie, tell us about you. Yeah, my name is Charlie Jenkins. And um, I do, I've been doing music professionally for about 10 to 15 years depending on as far as I worked in the songwriting industry in Nashville for a number of years. And then I've been doing the independent artist thing for the last 10 or so years. I was on a show called Nashville star and, um, and then I'm trying to think of what else there is. I've just been playing and gigging throughout this whole area. I also run a booking agency called mill street entertainment, which facilitates uh, acts for, uh, local and also national acts to a lot of fairs and festivals in the region. And I'm based out of Heber City, Utah. Wonderful. Okay, I will link to all of your websites and what um, you would like people to see from you and my show notes and on my website for those who are listening. And I would like to start by telling the audience why we're here. We're here to talk about the new album that you have all contributed to in some way or another. And Paul, how about you start by telling us what the album is and what the mission is behind behind it sure the worth of souls is a team effort by several recording artists who have come together to try to counter negative feelings there's a lot of doubt anxiety and depression in our society and in the last two years i've lost two friends who chose to end their lives and it seems like this is becoming more and more of something that's affecting our society. And so I know music clinically has been proven to help people. It, it gives you this lift out of whatever you're going through. And this particular album, Worth of Souls, resulted not only because of the experiences I was having, but I went to a church in Nashville and heard a, a sermon given, um, this was by the son of Grammy Award-winning gospel singer C.C. Wine, and her son Alvin was given this sermon, and he was saying, maybe people don't, maybe people aren't happy because they don't know how valuable they are, how valuable they are to themselves, how valuable they are to God, and maybe we need to start helping people know that they are valuable to us. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I thought about that deeply and recognized music is a powerful way to communicate to somebody that they're loved. You can do that through lyrics and through the emotion of the music. And so that's where the whole process began. And I began reaching out to artists like Charlie Jenkins and Ken's Hall to see if they would be willing to participate in something like this. Ultimately want to help rescue people and help restore that confidence that they need um, that, that can come from a higher power. By recognizing, mm -hmm. you know, there comes a point where we can't completely manage our own lives. And the third step in the 12-step program for people that have done Alcohol Anonymous or any other addiction program, know that the third step is you've got to acknowledge there's something beyond your control that you need to help you, uh, a divine power. And so in this case, in this case with Worth of Souls, uh, that is Jesus Christ. So these are songs that were specifically chosen with words specifically written to help rescue and restore faith in Jesus Christ. It totally does that too. I've been listening to the album on repeat here. I mean, I think we're going to have a whole conversation about music in general and just how it's such a unique and special tool to call us back to, I think, what we know about ourselves, but that we forget. Um, but first I wanted to uh, hear from these artists, what drew them to this, to this project, to this album, because this isn't just an album, as you said, this is a project. So it's a, yeah, it's yeah, a very tell me about altruistic, that. altruistic project. Mm -hmm. There's no agenda here to, to make anyone famous. We're here to make God famous. Mm -hmm. And uh, because he's the source of power that can help change lives particularly individual lives and and uh, you know even in my own personal life there comes a point where you got to surrender and let go and recognize you can't control the situation and you need help and whatever that divine source is um, you need to recognize that it's there and can help you in whatever form uh, you feel comfortable with the most how do you hope people will find this album? Do you hope that it will be shared by a loved one who knows that they are struggling? Do you hope it will be by word of mouth? What do you envision the process so, being? Well, so far, you know, we released it as a pre-order on Amazon and iTunes, and it's already uh, like number four in the top 50 That's incredible. of Christian albums. And we have not, mm -hmm. we don't have all the money in the world that some of these labels do to push this. We don't have a PR campaign to push mm -hmm. this. We're not out touring this. This is a concept album. And I think people resonate because they know it's a tool they can use to help lift them out rather than something to be entertained by, even though it is entertaining. But I know like Ken's and Charlie and the other artists came on board because they saw that clearly. Mm -hmm. Well, I think in some shape or another, all of us have been personally affected by people who have lost the battle with their mental health, or we ourselves have, have been in that struggle. We've been in that place where we don't know how valuable we are, like you talked about. Charlie, what drew you to, towards this project? Well, first of all, I'm, you know, dear friends with Paul. And so, and, and I've been friends with Paul through, you know, if you don't know a little bit about his past, I mean, he, he literally was on death's doorstep with, a, with, you know, needing a new heart to be able to survive. And so I've watched him from that point to now, and, and we've, we've been dear friends. And, you know, when a dear friend asks you to do something and you know the character of that individual, that was the first thing that made me realize, yeah, of course, Paul, if you need want me to be a part of this, but, you know, I, I had to change my mentality early on in even for even performing because there sometimes seems this perception that entertainers are, uh, that the, the focus seems to be that sometimes think people think that they're, they're wanting to focus the audience to stare at them yeah. and they get a lot of recognition and they get a lot of praise if, if the, what they're doing is, you know, somewhat good. And, 
and they're and it, and it looks like it's about me, right? Mm-hmm. And I've talked to a lot of young artists that are worried about that consuming them, yeah. and 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 changing them, and changing maybe the relationship with God or changing the relationships with other people. And and I tried to pass this on because this is the mentality mentality that I have is that look our our responsibilities is that we need to create something for someone else that they might not be able to do for themselves. When we take the stage, when we perform a song, we want them to feel something that, and present it in a way that allows them to tap into an emotion. In other words, what we're doing on service, and it's really about your audience. It's really about whoever's out there. That's what it's really about. Because if you're touching their lives and you're influencing their lives, then it turns more into a service than it does about, you know, and you can start to deflect the, the pride that comes and the, and the ego that comes with, uh, with sometimes with what you do as the performer. And so I felt like this project was perfect for me. Um, Paul, we talked about the songs. The songs fit what I believe and what I think. And uh, I knew that it would possibly be a great service and a tool to not only them, but to me as well. As I listened to Ken's songs and everyone's songs on this album it's been impactful for me and i'm very grateful to be part of it yeah the lyrics alone are like paul said they're they're specifically chosen to serve that mission that need that you saw um in this project as well charlie and it's interesting you were talking about our gifts because i had someone on recently who was talking about she is a dancer but as she owned her gift is something to share with the world and shape their lives. It changed how she danced. It, it changed how she viewed her gift. So I'm hoping that people who are listening can identify what their gifts are and how they can change it to help others instead of, like you said, it, in, instead of it being an ego thing. Um, and it seems like you've had, you said you had a personal um, challenge to overcome that yourself. So what has made the difference for you? How is, how is shaping your mission and what you're doing changed how you view your gift and how you share it. Well, the, the, the first thing is it's opened up the idea that it's okay to share it. You know, it's, it's okay to, you know, not to hide it, you know, and, and then that when I think about live performances or albums or whatever, I, I try to imagine in almost in my mind's eye, my audience. And when I'm on stage, the most important thing for me is to be able to recognize what's going on in the room and the energy that's in the room and be able to maybe adjust my show or adjust what I'm doing on stage so that I can have the best impact. And I don't care. I have no ego about, you know, I have a song that I love to sing, but if that song is not appropriate at that time and it's not what your audience needs, then you you need to bypass it. And you need to, you're there for them. And if you can create those moments, it just creates this, what I call, it's a weird thing, but it's an energy thing where as an artist, you'll perform and you'll exude this energy. Your audience will absorb it and sometimes reciprocate it back. And eventually it feels like you're in a living room together and, and you're sharing. You're not, it's not one person pointing at everything you're sharing. And that, and that's, that's what I love to do. And that's, it's changed that because I feel like my responsibility is to create that moment for those who can. And that's what this project is for. Like Paul said, this is to create something that people cannot create for themselves. And you said that as well, Charlie. Ken's, both you and Charlie have been in some sort of limelight with how, you know, you, you both have been on some shows. And I'm sure the draw is very real towards doing it for, for that limelight, for the fame. How has that shifted in your life too, Ken's, to do something that is really purpose-driven um you know like you said a lot of people are drawn to doing the tv show because it puts a platform under their feet and it it boosts them um and i can't disagree with that because i think that everyone has that um human instinct to be able to do that for themselves but i think personally for me i've never done a project like this or attached my name to something um as purposeful as this just because you know, I'm a little bit nervous about things I do attach, attach my name to. Um, but when Paul asked me to be a part of this, you know, I immediately jumped on board 
not only because I grew up listening to Paul and I'm a big fan of him <laughs> himself, and he went to high school with my mom. Right, <laughs> right. But, I love that uh, connection. <laughs> Did she say you went to high school with her mom? I, I, she was, uh, it was elementary school. Elementary school, that's right. But uh, yeah, it's a small world. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so immediately I jumped on board um, just because this, I just think this is so beneficial um, to everyone listening. And, um, I think the album is just a great catapult for change. Um, I think there's a lot of stigmas around what this is based around, you know, this mental health um, crisis that I think our society is going through, as well as just feeling vulnerable and feeling lonely. And I think everyone, you know, it's human nature to not want to feel vulnerable and to mm. feel broken. Um, yeah. So I feel like this album kind of puts all of that in the limelight and it kind of just puts that all on a pedestal out in the open for everyone to say you know what I do I feel the same way and I go through the same thing and I've never been a part of something like this so immediately when I had the opportunity to jump on board I said yes because it was something that challenged myself um and you know kind of put me in a position I've never been a part of so Ken's your song is it's come as you are right Okay, because sometimes I wanted to say it was laid on your burden because that's a part of your lyrics that really, really stuck with me. So, Can Ken, you yeah, Paul, go ahead. This particular song, Come As You Are, was written by David Crowder and uh, two other guys out here in Nashville. And originally we gave a song uh, suggestion to Ken's and every now and then as a producer, you give songs to artists and they just don't seem to, to work, not because they didn't do a beautiful job, but it, it's as though, for me, God doesn't want that particular song on the record. Um, I'm not saying God is in charge of every album. Um, I like to think he's our producer, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but th then, then we gave Ken's this particular song, and the minute she, can't, she went in and laid this down, I had goosebumps galore. Mm -hmm. Not not only, you know, Come As You Are, it's already a popular song that Crowder does. It's a, a well-known song on the radio, but to, to have it be part of this project and to have Ken's perform it is a whole new twist on this mm -hmm. from a female perspective. And I think within the culture um, the large Utah culture where a lot of this album is pitched and promoted, there is a culture there that needs this song so badly to just, you know, and you were going to mention the lyrics, but come out of sadness mm -hmm. from wherever you've been, come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Meaning just come, and, and then it says, come as you are. You know, just come as you are. That meaning we need to accept people as they are, not as they were, yeah. but as they are. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your We also need to see people the way Christ did, which is as they 
as he sees them becoming, hmm. not just as we are. And, and I could go into New Testament stories of him giving titles to people where people yeah. are like, how can you call him that? And he <laughs> says, well, that's who he is. And hmm. he saw people as they are going to become, not as they were. So, and I think the song Ken's, correct me if I'm wrong, but was the right song for you. Yeah. Why did you resonate with that a little more? than maybe the other song? I mean, like Paul said, we pitched a bunch of songs and the first song that I had chosen to sing, I loved. And then we kind of looked a little bit more into other songs and I found this one and I, and it, it just, it just kind of hit the nail on the head of what I wanted to, the message I wanted to share from this album. You know, I think all of us artists came with the same intent um, and we all came with the same purpose um, to just, you know, light the fire within all of us that we want to have in our faith. And then we all, I think, though, have our own personal reasons for doing it. Mm -hmm. And the second I heard Come As You Are, I was like, this is, I need to do this. this is, mm -hmm. of, course, of course this happened. And of course Paul said no to the other one that I loved and I was so mad at him for. <laughs> so why did that particular message hit you? My goal when coming onto this project was to give the message of hope and to give the message that you're not alone. But I think my number one um, message I really wanted to share was that of inclusion. And mm. uh, I really wanted to make sure people felt included no matter what. Um, because not all of us go through those severe struggles. You know, I can't relate to people who have gone through severe mental health issues or have lost people to suicide or things like that. Like, I, I haven't done that. I haven't gone through that. So I can't relate on that level. But I still wanted people who have gone through those things or haven't to still feel included. And so when I heard this song, Come As You Are, I love it because it's the perspective of God's relationship with us and not necessarily our relationship with God, hmm. which is such like a, a, a hard thing to find, I feel like. Um, but it's basically, yeah, like it says, come as you are and lay down your burdens and lay down your shame. Um, I think one of my favorite lines is, oh, wanderer, come home, you're not too far. Just because all of us feel like we're strained and we're like constantly being pulled by the world. And then it's just saying, you know, you're not too far. You totally can come home and you can come just like Paul said, exactly the way you are. Not the way that you will be or not the way that you were, but the way that you are right now. know one of the other lyrics too I loved was earth has no burden that heaven can't heal um which I think is especially needed that message for people who feel like you know what I'm impossible this what I have in me is impossible to overcome and I think that's also what people are believing about themselves Paul like you said they need to know how valuable they are they also need to know that it's it's possible to overcome what they're facing um, what are your thoughts on that, Paul? A lot of times we think of God in the context that he's like an umpire. And an umpire, they look for failure. And then they call you on it. But God is more like the father in the stands who is cheering us on, who is to every game and trying to help us and love us. Uh, and we're not always willing and accepting of that love because we feel our own failure. Yeah. And we feel like we've disappointed him or disappointed people around us. And, um, you know, those of us who have kids, 
we try all we can to let them know how much we love them. And sometimes they reject that love for selfish reasons or for not clearly knowing why we're doing certain things. But um, I like the song that Ken's did because it reiterates a pure acceptance of an individual for who they are. And I'm a firm believer that you don't treat somebody or talk to somebody like you see them. You want to talk to them like somebody they're going to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when I talk to my artists or I talk to anybody in the music industry, I always try to treat them as though they're a massive star because that's how I see them. And that's how I see all the artists on this project. Everyone should know who they are because of the gifts that God has given them. And they have so much to offer and to say. And it's not like this project's a showcase for these artists, but it's as though I was led to them because these are the songs they needed in their lives right now. Hmm. And I would think that if you talk to almost all the artists, this is what was so crazy at the end of the project was they would come to me and tell me the stories they were having with the song and how it affected their life that I knew, even if we just reached the, 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 the artists and affect their life in some way, job, the job is done. Yeah. My goodness. I'm willing to put down all the money in the world just to help these artists rediscover how valuable they are. Oh. We all need it. I mean, that's what Ken's has been saying is what we need is to feel connected with each other. And, and that changes everything. I think there's a big part of our culture that is changing too. You know, we have these reality shows, some of which these artists have been on, but I mean, talking more about the ones that necessarily aren't promoting gifts. You know, there's so much out there on social media, television, um, entertainment, that's not real and it's not reality. And that's what I love about um, Mountain, Charlie's song. So tell, tell me about Charlie's songs. I know he knows what he's doing, I loved, but Mountain especially I thought was really um, poignant for what I feel like I'm struggling with is the sense of reality, what's really real. And that's what that song speaks to. Oh, I love uh, the mountain is inspired because how does why is God not answering your prayer? That is the question. And Charlie, me, Tom Worth, Brad Hole, we wrote this song basically after I received my heart transplant because there was another family praying and hoping that their son would survive. Yeah. And yet their prayer wasn't answered. Meanwhile, my family was praying I would survive, and that prayer was answered. And that's heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, why one thing and why not a different thing? And um, so, you know, the song kind of goes, these aren't exactly the words, but it basically says, you know, a young bride in the field praying, hoping it won't rain because she's got this wedding she's going to have that day. Yeah. But three miles down the road, there's a farmer whose crops are dying. Hmm. And if it doesn't rain, he's going to lose everything. And so here's your, here's your <laughs> irony. The bride wants a beautiful wedding, and, and the farmer needs it to rain to grow the crop. Um, there's so many instances where we pray for something that contradicts what somebody else is asking God for. And so maybe... Maybe, and this is obviously speculation, but maybe because our prayer was on that, maybe if our prayer wasn't answered, maybe somebody else's was. Yeah. So yeah. it's something to think about, and it's, it's sometimes that mountain doesn't move, but maybe it's because it's moved for somebody else. Gathered in a waiting room of family hopes that the doctor's wrong 
when he says machines have kept her here, but she's already gone. Our daughter's way too young. Don't let her days be done. They pray. Three floors up and just down the hall, a little one's shutting down. He's been the first name on that list. Going on six months now. Please let this be. I think a lot of a lot of us have been to that place too where we do, we do feel like we're not being answered so I love that perspective Charlie what drew you to the mountain in particular well I just you know I started thinking about Paul's situation when you know we were in his hospital room and he was connected to every tube and medicine that could keep somebody alive with a heart that wasn't working and mm-hmm. and we you, you know what the circumstances are right somebody is going to have to give up their heart and and for uh paul to survive and so it's it's one of those unique situations where i can imagine a family praying that their son or daughter who's in a tragedy gets healed and then you know paul somewhere along in the universe out there is hoping that this in his family's praying that a heart comes his way. And so, and I started thinking about all the different scenarios where if we did get what we wanted all the time, it would often rob somebody else of a necessary blessing that they're looking for. And just how intertwined that is and how yes. complicated that really is. And, and so often we think that something is good and later on we look back and realize that was maybe divisive for us. Or we think something's bad, and later on we realize the timing wasn't right, and there was something better for us ahead of us. And so, it's it, I just we tried our best, and we I struggle with that song to try to figure out exactly how to put it together, because you don't want to say God doesn't answer prayers, because He does. Yeah. But He answers, you know. Ultimately, what we came down to the kind of like wrap my head around was that. What we really, I think sometimes when we pray, for me now, when I pray, I just want to get in sync with what he has planned. Hmm. Not necessarily what I need or think I need, because my scope's so small, but I want to get in sync with what his plan is. Yeah. And that's my goal. Hope one day I can see all the strokes in the masterpiece. Sometimes all we see is our slice of reality. Things are not as simple as they seem to be. It's harder when we pray, and heaven has another way. And even though there's nothing faith can do, He knows what's best for I wanted to hear about he knows what he's doing as well. Mm. Tell me about the lyrics. Did the lyrics to that song and what you hope people will get out of that one? Yeah, I love singing that song. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell. You can tell. And uh, oh, well, Paul presented that song to me and said, "I, I think this might work." And uh, decided to play it at a live show. I had my band and everybody get it ready. And it was so easy for me to connect to that song. And and it takes me to a million different places. 
in my mind, but so often we want to help. We get a phone call that our, uh, a grandparents died or a friend is going through some illness or whatever. And that first reaction is, what can I do? And, and a lot of times there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do. But reinforce the idea that whatever's going to happen, that God knows what he's doing. And, you know, it hurts that we're going through this. But let's keep faith that he has figured this out. And that's the only thing that we can offer is that no matter what, if we're doing what we're supposed to do, we keep, you know, we just keep striving to be better for our Heavenly Father and follow his plan, that he knows what he's doing. And one day, and both those songs are connected, Mm -hmm. one day, one day we're going to get the grand view. And then we'll go, aha, that's why. That makes a lot more sense. And I think that will be the reward of us going through so many trials where we think like we're going through so many trials and facing adversity. That will be the award. And I think it'll be one of those moments where we go, why didn't I see that? Mm-hmm. It hurts to see you this way. I'm lost for words There's so much I am wanting to say Though I don't understand I'll hold your hand I'll hold your hand If I had it my way I'd take this from you But God, He knows what He that those two songs are connected i didn't i didn't see that until you were just talking about it that's interesting how they connect together i heard i heard the song first performed by an artist at the ryman auditorium in nashville and the writers jason crab and jason ingram have written a couple of the songs on the souls but the minute i heard that you know charlie's a, a close friend of mine and just knowing some of the challenges in his own life, I was like, man, this is, this is Charlie all the way. Plus he's a baritone. Yeah. And I thought he can, he can get down there like one of the Oak Ridge boys and sing this. And, uh, and it was, it's an amazing song lyrically and it fit Charlie's life and personality perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone who wishes they could take pain away from somebody else, is going to connect with this on such a deep and profound level. It's it's incredible. speak about um music in general i know in my own life this is why i connect so much with what you're doing music has absolutely changed my life when i need it the most when nothing else would connect with me and my spirit and what i was struggling with music did and it literally changed the course of my life at a particular point um and i wanted to know from each of you why you think that is why what is the power of 
your work that you do that you see in people who are listening? And let's start with Ken's. Ken's, what, what, why do you think that is, that music has that power? For me, I think God knew this girl is not good in crowds. <laughs> this girl cannot connect with people socially. <laughs> and so he gave me the gift of music because without it, I don't know how I connect with people. I don't know how I, I would be able to do that. Um, this is like such a hard question for me to answer. It's just because music is just, it's everything in my life, especially my life. And I think for everyone else too, um, music brings people together and it, and it's an escape for everyone. And it's not necessarily escape from the good or the bad. It's, it's an escape from literally it's everything you escape to music. And I think everyone does that whether they know it or not. Um, but I also think the reason that music is so powerful and that I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do is because music is completely up to interpretation. Um, you know, you could listen to the same song and the person next to you would get a completely different message than you understood from that song. And I think because of that, I am so lucky to be able to just put music out there to just say, interpret it as you want. I, I released this song for me and this is what I got from it, but I hope I hope that you get a different message from it and that it helps you in whatever way you need to be helped at this time. And I think that's why music is so powerful is that it really is up to everyone's own interpretation as to what they need in that moment. That's wonderful. Charlie, what do you think? Um, so this is going to go probably way too philosophy, like in the philosophical, I don't even know if that's the right word. I'm a redneck. <laughs> it's, a, it's a word now. It's philosophical. <laughs> philosophical realm. Okay. So, yeah. all right. You know, so I think music uh, speaks to a different part of our body, our soul, than it does necessarily our body. And the reason why I say that is because people that don't sing and have absolutely no uh, musical background and, and or, you know, just necessarily aren't connected in that way, can still tell when somebody's off pitch and their body reacts to it. Hmm. A lot of times they tense up or they kind of get this look. And I know my mom's look when I would sing off pitch with her, her <laughs> neck would tilt and come up like this. <laughs> yeah. But when it's done and it all matches up and all the frequencies, all these, cause it's basically math in a way, these frequencies that, that work with each other, when it matches up, your body actually relaxes. And when your body can relax and you can then take it to the point where it's not this intensity has gone down and you can start to absorb music. Pythagoras said that math is the closest thing we have to God and because it's consistent and it never changes. And I think a lot of times when we listen to songs and that mathematical equation that we don't even know, we're not thinking about it, when that adds up, we then get into a deeper understanding. We connect with it deeper. And I also, again, going a little bit deeper, I think music plays a deeper role, not only here on earth, but surrounding our heavenly father i think there is a connection they're saying the angels were singing there's music in heaven if it belongs in heaven then it definitely is a tool that's here and i think we as spiritual beings somehow remember or connect with music in a different way than i think you can explain mentally mm -hmm. and that's just that's just my thought so it's again it's maybe gone a little bit deeper deeper than it should but um no yeah it just I'm looking for that's that's anyway. why you know and, and charlie i failed math <laughs> three times <Yeah>. so, <laughs> but then i figured it out so now i'm good um right but music music and i agree with Kans and you that music is so profound for the artist and for the listener and and that it transcends heaven and everything um because i've done so many in, so much instrumental music i've done a lot of research on trying to figure out why do people connect so much 
with particular music and you know it's been taken out of schools and as a result universities are doing studies now because they want to clinically prove that music is a science and very very good for the body and McGill University did this study where they put people under an MRI listening to all kinds of different music and they proved that when you listen to certain types of music your brain releases one of the most rewarding chemicals into your body and there's this dopamine that is released into your body now dopamine usually comes when you eat something extremely delicious it, it's a sensation that goes into you and you're like oh i gotta go get another one of those mm -hmm. wonderful pizzas or whatever <laughs> you know it's this feel-good stuff and a lot of people feel dopamine that unfortunately they get it from cocaine this overwhelming sensation of of excitement and joy and that's a that's a that's an artificial you know a substance but the fact is music has that has that sound that feeling it releases those chemicals that offer the body the most rewarding physical physical satisfaction and these particular songs on this worth of souls every one of the songs I don't want to say that we test everything, but I do as a producer. I test the music before we do it because I want to make sure that the customer that gets the recording is satisfied. And people that have listened to this are more than satisfied and, and really having profound, deep spiritual experiences. And so music doesn't heal you. It, it provides this atmosphere so that there's this peaceful emotion that can come and God can, can start to heal you. Well, it just all comes down to a choice too, right? We can still choose to accept that gift that it is. And I hope people will. I hope people will accept the gift that is this album because it really is unique. Not just in the music, but the tone, but the mission definitely the mission and i and i am going to make sure that we link to it so people can find it so where where i'd like to to end this um i usually ask my guests to share something they've learned about themselves the past few years perhaps what we can do is is instead end with the question what do you hope people learn from this album um let's start with you charlie and then ken's and paul uh, what I hope people learn from this album is that that often we think that of God as you know, you know um, I don't know if Paul touched on this earlier, but that the atonement of Christ was set up to be used, meaning that it is there for us to heal us, to welcome us, to uh, give us hope, and that we do not ever need to feel that we do not have access to that. Hmm. That that is absolutely inviting 100% of the time there is room for every one of us to access that. And, and we never need to feel like we are unworthy or should stay away from it. And that's my goal and to lean on it as much as we possibly can. Beautiful, thank you. Ken's. Um, I think that my goal personally for this is to take this subject of sadness and of people feeling like they're broken and they're vulnerable and that they're a burden and to completely flip that. Um, I hope that this project, you know, there's a lot of music out there and there's a lot of good music out there. Um, but I think this is so beneficial to everyone. And I hope that even people, the people that need to hear it, I think will hear it. I believe in God that he will make sure it finds a way into their lives. Um, but I hope that the people who listen to it also recommend it and they think, you know what, oh, I need to share this to someone. And I hope that it just becomes something of an instrument and a tool 
um, for God to creep back into all of our lives and just for us to light that flame again of love and faith that we have for Christ. Um, and so my, my big and my, my big goal, I guess, is just to bring everyone together again, um, feeling, you know, safe and feeling loved by Christ. Wonderful. Makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Paul, how about you end it for us? What do you hope people learn from this album and this project? I was born with half a heart, had heart surgery when I was less than a day old. Uh, 13, I had heart surgery. 14, had heart surgery. I fought my entire life just to live mm -hmm. and to be part of this world. And people are giving up. People are not fighting. And I hope the music can lift people out of depression, give them the desire to fight, and hopefully prevent at least one suicide. That's my goal with this project. Well, I can already tell you, you are going to succeed in that goal. I want to thank each one of you because not only is this album beautiful, but I know it's going to shape so many lives. And I'm so grateful for your gifts and that you're willing to share it in a way that's beyond just the ego, like Charlie talked about. That's pretty rare in this world. And um, I'm just grateful to have been able to meet you all and to share this message. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. Thanks, Monica. This interview was very special to me for many reasons, but one of which, if you don't mind indulging me, I'd like to share now. I told this to Paul in an email after the interview, but my baby, as many of you know, had to have emergency surgery at nine days old. And when he was in the PICU, he was not allowed to eat anything for over three days. And he was so miserable. And it was hard to see him so miserable. His tummy was audibly growling. So at one point, I decided to try to calm him down through music. And I actually turned on Paul's music. We had his instrumental music blaring from my phone for much of those three days he wasn't allowed to eat and when we put those on, that music on it was clearly and recognizably the only thing that was really calming our baby down when he needed it. I was so grateful for Paul's music and it made our hospital room someplace sacred and special instead of just being scary. I was so honored that Paul reached out to me to share this message. I've been listening to the Worth of Souls album over and over and over, and it's spoken to my soul in ways that I have needed, and I know that we can do this for others. Make sure you do your part. Share this album, share this project, the Worth of Souls project with people in your life who need it. Again, there were so many other artists who also contributed to this album. We were lucky enough to have Paul, Kenz, and Charlie on the show, but there are so many others that, and their music and their lyrics and their message are all so tailored to this project. And I hope you go to their website and pre-order the album now. You can do that at theworthofsoulsproject.com. In my show notes, I have linked to all of these artists' websites and social media profiles, as well as the Worth of Souls project. You can find my show notes on my website, aboutprogress.com. There you can also find archives of all my other podcast episodes. There have been 78, wow, prior to this one. So we are getting along, aren't we? Make sure you check that out again on my website, aboutprogress.com. You can also see more about me and what I'm up to in my life and how I'm working on myself and just whatever's going on. Like right now we're working out in our kitchen and it's been an ordeal, but we're almost at the end of it. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at About Progress. I love to connect with you there. So find me, reach out to me, let me know what you loved about this episode. And again, if you like it, take a screenshot, email it text or share it out on social media. And if you do do it on social media, make sure you tag me at About Progress so that I can connect with you and get to know you better as well. Next week, I will be talking about joy. Last month, I talked about happiness. Now we're going to be talking about the next level up, joy. First, how it's different than happiness and what we can do to create it in our lives and seek it and find it in the everyday. I hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for that episode. And until then, take care of yourself.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.